welcome to another episode of Hanging in the Hangar. Here with Daniel Meek, as per almost always. Uh, and we have our special guest, Carolina Williams, on. Hi. What's up, peeps? Man, peeps is an Easter thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I'm seasonally um, hip. Yep. Thoughts on peeps? Pure mm. sugar, don't like them. I don't like marshmallows unless they're on a s'more. So, like, I don't like peeps. Pure sugar and I love them. <laughs> <laughs> My grandma used to give us to those, uh, give us those all the time. And every, like, holiday you get, like, the Christmas one, the Easter one. And I'm just, like, I'd eat one or, like, half of one. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, they, you gotta eat just, like, a little bit at a time. But they hit, especially around this time of year. <laughs> okay, Carolina, you strike me as someone that loves candy. I love candy so much, Daniel. <laughs> So much. Chocolate, definitely my favorite, but I'll eat any candy, truly. Chocolate, Easter bunnies. Hollow or solid? Solid. Solid. Hollow. Well, okay. If they're hollow, but with something inside of them. Like like, cookie dough. (laughs) Whoa. I was going to go just caramel, but. Caramel. Cookie dough. Caramel sounds great. The reason I like the hollow ones is because they're a lot thinner, so they're just easier to eat. Or peanut butter. Oh. You can just get a Reese's. (laughs) Apparently, the, the, the Reese's, like, eggs, like, the Easter ones, taste different. They do, because there's more peanut butter and, like, less chocolate around the outside, so the ratio is different. Okay. If you're a peanut butter person, that's your go-to, but... I, I've never liked them, because they just have a weird smoothness to them. That's true. Okay. Have you guys ever had the dark chocolate ones from Trader Joe's? No. no. Oh, my gosh. Go to Trader Joe's as soon as you can... If you like dark, dark chocolate, chocolate, like Reese's? Dark chocolate Reese's. They're not actual Reese's. It's like Trader oh, Joe's okay. brand. Um, oh, that's so good. Yeah. That sounds amazing. <laughs> and they have these uh, dark chocolate salted caramel okay. things. That sounds really good. They're awesome. So Bobby always keeps them in his office upstairs, and Bobby's never in his office. Oh, that's dangerous. So I <laughs> have them there right now. Yes. I have Field trip after this? Them. Field trip after this. Heck yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they're great. <laughs> Anything new with you guys? Um, I had like a huge day at work today, which is great. And then tomorrow I'm headed to D.C. to see one of my friends. We have a bunch of stuff planned. So, yeah, I'm excited. Big week. That friend is a dog, apparently. <laughs> she has a dog, and I'll say I'm more excited to see her dog than her. But... Wow, hope she doesn't <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, she gets it. She gets it. <laughs> so, um, what about you, Kyle? Um, I mean, my brother's here uh, for the week. Um, the other night, we went to go see uh, one of my favorite comedians, Josh Johnson, at Zany's. I'd never been there. Um, so, me, him. Wait, the guy from New Girl? No, that's Jake Johnson. <laughs> Dang it. So close. Yeah, I'm almost. so old. <laughs> He's an actor, not a comedian. Yeah. But, uh, so, we went to go see him. He was very, very funny. Um, so, we'd never been. So, uh, And then, on Thursday, we're going to a Preds game. I've never been to a Preds game. Really? So, yeah. So a lot of a lot of new things this week that I've never done. That's, That's awesome. Yeah. Nothing really new with me. No? Uh, oh, actually, I guess I'm so old, y'all, listeners <laughs> and friends here in the room. Um, My weekend was full of, so I got to explain this. We have six uh, raised garden beds in our backyard. Two years ago, we started with one. Last year, we went to two. This year we thought we'd do four, but we ended up with six. Hmm. And I built Taylor these arched trellises Ooh. that go from 
bed number one to two, and bed number three to four. And so I made them out of, do you guys know what cattle panel fencing is? No. Okay. So let me just explain. They're big metal fen- it's it's metal fencing that you would use for cattle and it's probably uh, four inches by four inches. It's like squares mm-hmm. in, in the fencing. Okay. And they come in um, 16 foot sections. They're like four feet wide or four feet, whatever. Four <laughs> feet high, 16 feet long. And so what I did was I got um, like a green T-post nailed it down into the ground or into the bed and just bent the archway over and we're going to grow melons and cucumbers and squash and that's so exciting cherry tomatoes and all that stuff so do you know like yeah. the seasonality of all that stuff like do you yeah oh, i want to know all that <laughs> i mean people that are listening are probably like this guy's an idiot but we've done it for 2 years with with actual gardening okay. we've done tomatoes every year we've done cucumbers um, really easy stuff. Lettuces and kales and okay, spinach. Okay, what's your favorite thing to grow? Right now, we have never actually had one produce but raspberries. <gasps> um, so last year, so you don't get raspberries in year one. So mm-hmm. you get raspberries on what they call two-year-old canes. So for for a whole year, the raspberry plant grows. In the wintertime, you trim it back. And then it comes back, and it is back in full force. Last year, it was like three or four little canes coming out of the mm-hmm. ground. And now it's like the whole area that I've designated, it's probably a 12-foot area, is just raspberries from one plant. Wow. That's crazy. I never knew that. It's insane. And so what you can do with raspberries, this is so boring for listeners. No, I'm fascinated. You can take, <laughs> so you can take one of the canes that's coming out of the, the original plant. You can bend it over. And actually dig down into the earth, put that cane down into the ground, and out of that cane, it, it'll root and more canes will come up. So I did that in the off season. So you're just kind of weaving plants yeah. to make them longer. Yeah. It's kind of like strawberries like vine out. Like If you start with one strawberry plant, they call them runners, and they will... Um, they will reproduce, and these runners will go out all over. Like they're invasive; they'll go everywhere if you don't stop them. Um, and that's what raspberries are. That's seriously the best piece of knowledge I've heard like all day, <laughs> all week. I so we have a designated like five by five strawberry bed, and then we have raspberries and blackberries and gooseberries. Do you make like jams and stuff? We're gonna start. Oh, that's so fun! <laughs> yeah. We're trying to take this prepping for the. Post-apocalyptic zombie invasion yeah. to the next level. Daniel's gonna start supplying everyone with all the jams they need. Yeah, it's all sufficient. Well, next time I need raspberries, can I just come to your house? I got the jams. Oh my Great. gosh! Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Speaking of jams, it was uh, April Fool's Day a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Is that your jam? Could be. Okay. Actually. I'm not known to be one to do a lot of pranks. People think I am because I just have a mischievous look okay. to me. But I, I second that. Yeah, <laughs> but I was so I was telling Josh and Carolina that the only prank that comes to mind that I ever did, uh, which is not true. There's another one that I, I remembered, but in like first or second grade, I was like, man, uh, webkins were a huge thing. Like, they're all the rage. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get my friends so good. I'm going to tell them they have the helicopter webkins. And I was like, man, 
they're making helicopter weapons. He's like, no, they're not. And I'm like, yeah, man, they are. Like, you got to see it. He's like, okay, like, uh, next time I go to, like, Target or wherever you get them, I'll go look for it. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so good. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> I was like, that's the, like, low ball of, of uh, all pranks you could do. That was your April Fool's prank. Yeah. I gotta admit, no idea what a webkin is. Really? No idea. It's like a stuffed animal that you has an ID that you can like you can put it online, like a like an online world. Yeah. So it's like a Furby. Um no. So it's uh, <laughs> so it's kind of like a beanie baby. Dang it. And essentially if you have like they like have it's a, a virtual there's aspect. a code yeah, okay. there's a code, you go on this website, you plug it in and all of a sudden you have like that pet on this like website you and there's like games on the side yeah okay yeah. it's kind of like club penguin but you have okay. like but things you, you buy to put in it yeah 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 in the 90s we had these little like eggs that were had like a digital face on it the tomagachi yeah oh yeah. we I've yeah, had we those. those yeah it yeah. was it an egg no it was like a website it was like a, you have a like a stuffed toy oh yeah that's yeah. what it was i couldn't remember what the heck they were yeah, yeah tamagotchis <laughs> they don't do they still make webkins I have no idea. What do you buy for your kids? Not those. What are they like? I don't want my daughter to learn how to take care of a baby until she's like 30. So. <laughs> <laughs> Any dad's dream. Yeah. So we're going to keep her away from all that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but then the only other prank that I can remember doing, and this was actually not that long ago, it was like a year or two ago. Uh, I was in my final year of college, it was during COVID times, and I had gone to uh, Virginia Beach for uh, a COVID uh, vaccine, because I was like, you could, couldn't find him anywhere. You just like went around coughing in people's faces? No. It's like, April Fool's? <laughs> no, no. Dang it. <laughs> so our uh, fellowship uh, was called uh, Chi Alpha at UVA. We, they had just built this building called The Hub, which is like a hangout center. And it was a joke within uh, a bunch of people who were part of uh, the group that, oh, like, we didn't know what they were going to call it yet. And people were like, oh, we should call it the Christian Hub or shorten it to the Chub. So they have this big sign outside that says the Hub. And I went to Michael's and I bought, uh, like, the letter C, like one of those wooden ones, and some, uh, like, command strips. And I took that and I put it on the sign I, it was like 2 a.m. I got back. I was like exhausted. Like the vaccination was hitting me. I go upstairs and I go to bed. And next morning I wake up and all of our furniture is upside down. And I am feeling it more than I ever had. I'm just like, I am too tired to deal with this. And I lay on the couch that is upside down. And I'm there for like an hour or two. And my friend comes down. He's like, you didn't want to just flip the chair back on its place i was like i'm i'm too tired i cannot do it like my body is not working right now give me an hour maybe i will and everyone else comes downstairs like how did all of our furniture end up upside down one of my housemates to my apparently it had already been done by the time that i got back and i just did not notice it on my <laughs> way upstairs um so there was just everything is upside down in in our in our house that we were in <laughs> and then we go outside and there was just a bench sitting in our yard that someone else had left for us um, because the people who were going to move into our house the next year 
uh, had gotten a bench that said U- uh, University of Virginia on it and put it right in our front yard, which is right across from a dining hall, and security cars go there all the time. So we're like, they're going to see this and think that we stole this bench. <laughs> and we were just like, nope. So we took it, and uh, we brought it inside, and we had been talking about taking our bathroom and making it a hangout space. And essentially this bathroom is like a kind of a long kind of hallway. It has one sink, a big space, and then another sink kind of perpendicular on the other wall. And we measured it, and it was just the right space to put a bench in there. (laughs) So we had to get this thing up the stairs. It was not going to fit through the door. So we had to unscrew all the boards, put it in, and then put it back together. And then it just sat there. And they come back like, where's the bench? We're like, well, uh, check the bathroom when y'all move in here. But oh my god! Wow. Yeah. Wait, Kyle, did you see UVA's April Fool's prank from this year? I had seen that. Uh, uh, what's his name? Jim. Uh, <laughs> I'm not blanking. Jim Johnson, the guy from New Girl. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, my mind is thinking Jim Cramer, and I know that that's not it. Um, oh gosh, I should know it. I'll. But continue. I know he had posted something, and people have mentioned about his prank, but I didn't actually see what it was because there wasn't a link to it. It was like a whole video of him describing why UVA is dropping the A. They're just oh, like okay, the, yeah. the new logo. Yeah, yes. the new logo. Okay, I did just see that. UV. Yeah, it was so funny. Like just pure. I did not see the satire. video. It was so good. No, you you should definitely watch it. It was yeah. hilarious. I love like one of my favorite parts about April Fools. I do love playing pranks on people, but I love like brand pranks where they, like, post stuff on social media or, like, mm. makeup products or whatever. I think it's so funny, and sometimes I get got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, every year uh, there's this one YouTuber who will post a video about Spider-Man joining the MCU, and every year I click <laughs> on it, and I'm like, oh, man, like, this is awesome. He gets you every time. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, Disney is going to spend $4 billion to get Spider-Man back. I'm like, whoa. And then as soon as I click it, I'm like, wait a second. What day is it? I'm like, <laughs> I feel like that's even worse because that's like something you're excited about and then you get let down. Yeah. yeah. Like I feel like a lot of pranks that brands pull, it'll be like just something crazy and you're like, no, this Please can't don't. be. Yeah, yeah. Like Jersey Mike's got me this year because they said they were going to take away like the juice off their mini, which is like the <laughs> olive oil and vinegar. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. sandwiches. That's what makes the Jersey Mike's. They like said, it's time to like move on. We're like taking it away. I seriously gasped. Oh no. <laughs> like, oh, what am I going to do? But that was like, I was so relieved that that was fake. But that's so sad mm. that every year you get excited. Every year I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Because honestly, in my head, it's not a good decision for them to sell Spider-Man because they're just going to make so much money. It's like, why would they? They should never sell it. No. I mean, ideally they should because like, I feel like Marvel as a whole could do better with yeah, the brand. maybe. Feels like they struck a pretty good partnership. They have, they have. Anyways, <laughs> sorry. Back to back to you. Um, actually, the Spider Man. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was my, my Comic Con voice. Oh, we should yeah. go next year. We should. You dressed up as Spider Man for Halloween again? Maybe. I'm gonna dress up as Kyle. Dressed up as Spider Man. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like Carolyn dressed up as Jack. And I was like, Jack should dress up as Carolyn dressed up as Jack. Wow. That would be iconic. Yeah. But what if I used your Spider-Man costume? <laughs> I would pay to see you put that on. It would look like um, David Harbour in the, uh, what's the MCU TV show that came out with, uh, uh, oh no, this is terrible content. 
the Black Widow's yeah. sister, where like he like tried to squeeze back mm. into his. Uh, yes, his, I'm just gonna <laughs> shut up. Cut. Yeah. But you've told me you've par- partook, partaken in some pranks yourself. Part- yes. Partooken. Yes. Yeah. Partooketh. I. Yes. Yes. Both in high school and in college, I I love April Fools. Like any excuse to pull a prank. Mm-hmm. But I think what's great about it is like. It's a day where everybody's pulling pranks, so if you can get someone, it's just even better because they should be like, <laughs> they should have their guard up, and if you still get them, then that's just like such a win. But yeah, I think the best pranks, like, they have to have like precedent. Like, you have to plan them, you have to like have a reason for people to believe it. So, like, I think the two times that I got the most people, there was like so much setup involved, like, over like years, months. I won't go, I won't go as far as years, but um, just to like, get people to believe or, or act in a certain way that like is so natural to them on that day that like they're not even thinking about it mm-hmm. that's how you get people <laughs> yeah. so what are what are the two that you've you've okay. done um my best one in high school um i every every wednesday to my latin class i would bring an entire pack of oreos and i would just set it on my desk open up the pack and I sat around, like, all these guys who would always, like, take my food. They would always, like, reach in and grab one without asking me. And I would just let them, whatever. But I started doing that, like, every Wednesday. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to get them on April Fool's, which was a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I did that so normally every week. And they all, I would just put it on my desk, open it. They'd all grab one without thinking about it. I'll eat it, like, at the same time and just, like, sit down. So um, on April Fool's, I did the same thing. But I'd put, like, toothpaste in all the Oreos which is like a pretty classic, like nothing How long revolutionary. Did that take? Um, not that long, okay. but it did. I mean, this what takes a lot of time is a scraping because you gotta mm. like make it look clean. You know, you gotta yeah. scrape it all off. I had so much cream left over for myself though, which was honestly <laughs> another win. But um, yeah, they all totally just reached in, grabbed it, just you know have it at that point, all bit into it at the same time. Some of them were so disgusted they didn't need an Oreo for like the rest of high school, but. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was because it was like so, so natural to them at that point to just be doing that. Um, and then in college, one of my friends, um, we were on a trip during April Fool's one year and she was like pretty known among all of our friends for like having like hair crises or like changing up her hair. Like she was always (laughs) dyeing her hair, cutting her own bangs, like whatever, doing stuff. Um, and I photoshopped a picture of her while we were away from everyone where she, it looked like she had shaved only half of her head. So one half of her head is like full hair. Mm-hmm. Other half is completely just shaved. And my Photoshop was very good. I'm not going to yeah. lie. It was very, very believable. But then coupled with the fact that she's like known to just do stuff to her hair on a whim. Um, we sent that to everybody, like her boyfriend, her parents, mm-hmm. like all of our friends. And every single one believed us. They mm-hmm. were like... Chelsea, what did you do? Like, <laughs> that's crazy. Like, no. Oh my gosh, are you going to shave the other half? Like, we got them all so good. And they, they weren't around her because mm-hmm. we were, like, out of town. So, couldn't even prove. We were just sending pictures that I'd photoshopped and mm-hmm. everyone fell for it. So. And what did you think when she found out? <laughs> <laughs> when who found out? Your friend. Did she know? Oh, oh she was with me. She was yeah, part we were of it. doing okay. it. She was yeah, in yeah, on yeah, the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she was in on it. She was but... like, actually, why don't I just do it right now? Do you take the picture? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That, that would be dangerously close. She would, yeah. she would probably do it, honestly. But oh, God. <laughs> was it, was it Britney works. Spears that shaved her head? Yeah. 2008. Yes. Great move. Great move. <laughs> I, have, um, <laughs> I have one random April Fool's prank that I can think of. Um, and it was like actually really mean. Oh, but no. it was but it was to my my best friend's like 
It was to my best friend. Mm-hmm. It was still me. Um, <laughs> it was like either over, I don't know exactly, maybe maybe spring break or just a weekend or something that April Fool's fell on or April 1st fell on. And because they were out of town. My mm-hmm. best friend, his family were out of town. Their house was was vacated. And their house was the house that we, we hung out at all the time. Like every weekend we were at their house. Um, we knew like where the key to their house was, all this stuff. No, we didn't really vandalize their house, but <laughs> we, okay, this is going to be really gross. This is going to be really gross. Down the street from my best friend's house, this was just like on a whim. We didn't plan this out. We're driving around. It's like either a Friday night or Saturday night, one of those nights, and there is a um, someone's toilet from their house that they've like put on the curb for like the garbage people <laughs> to come and get or whatever. We put that toilet in the back of my friend's truck. We put it on my best friend's front porch. Um, and my other buddy takes a poop in it. Oh my god. <laughs> on their front porch. And we just left it for them until they got home. It reminds me of uh, in a lot of like Lowe's, like Home Depot stores, <laughs> they have uh, stopped having like the toilets there. Because people will use them. <laughs> they that was in some comedy movie that the little kid had to do it. Yeah, they will like lock if they have them. They will like lock it. I don't blame them. They should. <laughs> That's amazing for all the Daniels out there. <laughs> Just for the record, it was not me who did the pooping. I can give his name, but. This- <laughs> For the for the sake sure, of his sure. identity, I don't. I don't. For the sake say of it. his identity, Josh Fishman. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the only thing I really remember. I know that I've done other pranks. I just don't remember. My memory's terrible. Have you ever been pranked? Yeah, I just don't remember <laughs> what happened. Oh, so I'll say this year, Kyle Lira got me. How did he send you? you that picture that he photoshopped? No. Oh, I guess he didn't photoshop. So Kyle Lira texted me a picture of he has like a black Acura. Okay. Yeah. Um, he sent me a picture of one just completely totaled, mm-hmm. with no context, just that picture. <laughs> and I was at my daughter's soccer game on a Saturday morning when I got it. Immediately stepped to the side and I call him. Of course. And I'm like, "Hey, dude, do you need?" And like before I can like say, "Do you need help? Can I come help you?" I just hear him cracking up. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. I had no idea April 1st, mm-hmm. April Fool's, Fine. no idea. It took me forever to put it together. He was like, that's not my car. And I was like, why are you sending me that picture? He was like, April Fool's, jerk. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, my bad. So That's like kind of cruel. Did not appreciate that. Yeah, I mean... So you and Josh were out of town this weekend, and they sent that. You could tell them what you guys did. Yeah, I got a couple of my friends really good um, this year because I like texted a bunch of people a picture of like me with a ring on my finger saying that I was engaged, and pretty much all my friends immediately were like, oh, "Yeah, April Fools! Like mm-hmm. we don't believe that." But a couple of them, I just decided to like continue going with like m- making up more facts, more details, and they totally believed it mm. after a while and they're like facetiming me they're freaking out while my friends like literally left the gym to go facetime me oh, man. <laughs> i was cracking up it was so funny but yeah that was good we didn't get you though kyle <laughs> yeah i mean and the, the reason you did was because i had already 
sent a bunch of people my own April Fool's text. Uh, essentially, I went to a bunch of my friends and I sent them the text. Uh, <laughs> Josh is in jail. <laughs> like, <laughs> you need someone to bail him out or something like that. And what I learned from it is that depending on who you say, someone will believe you. And I won't name names, but I do have someone that I used that everyone believed me immediately because they know this person and they're like, it was a strong, there's not the chance that they would end up doing something that would get them arrested is higher than zero. Wow. Like high enough for you to be like, yeah, that tracks. You don't want to say who it was? I mean, I don't, no one here knows them, oh, but okay, if okay. any of my, if any of my other friend groups listens to this, they might, they might know. That's um, too good. <laughs> I want to do that with all my friends' names now. <laughs> so uh, you learn a lot of yeah. like, how much people think about your your ability to stay out of jail. So. Actually, I want someone to send it about me. That's that's what I really want to know. <laughs> Who falls for that? So I think at on a societal level, we need to come to some understandings about what April Fool's is. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you can't make me think that you're hurt or no, dying. No, that's, yeah. that's bad. Like, yeah. as a parent and a dad, yeah. I'm just like, immediate response is, what can I do? How can I help? What mm-hmm. what, what needs to be done? That's mean. Um, yeah, and then that's not funny. when. Yeah. I also think, it's funny what you did, but when <laughs> someone says, no, no, no. But when, like, if you have to keep it going and, like, give tons okay. of, like, other things... I'm oh, like, I think you. you got got. Yeah. I was so determined, though. Like, I sent it to everybody, and, they like, everyone was just like, yeah, no, I don't believe that. So, I was yeah. like, I'm going to get I'm gonna get one of you. Like, I'm yeah. going to make this worth it. Because I sent it to my parents, too. Yeah. I thought that would at least, like, give them, like, a little bit of a shot. They didn't believe you at all? No, I sent it to them, and my dad goes, love it. And I was like, <laughs> okay, he obviously doesn't. And, and I was like, did I get you even for a second? And he goes, no, you would have FaceTimed me or something. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's the thing. I was okay, like, y'all would have told me something before that. Yeah, like that. Yeah, that's what um, one of my friends said. She was like, I know this is fake because he didn't ask me for your hand. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, essentially just help, help stuff, cut mm-hmm. it out. Okay, so Kyle was like, hey, I'm, I got arrested. Is that's that fine. That's fine? Okay. Uh, you would have been like, that's on you, man. I'm not helping you out. <laughs> <laughs> that look says yes. No, I, I would have I would have called. You would not be texting me. Hey, I'm in jail. What do you? Do they give you one free text? I think it's just, a, just one phone call, right? Jail? But what no, if he doesn't know your number? Century. He's like, can I can I substitute for one text? Because like, yeah. how many phone numbers do we know these days? Not many. True. True. Like, can I look at my phone to get my one phone call? <laughs> yeah. Wait, do you know anybody's number? Like, you would. What if I you had do. To call I know. I know my parents' phone numbers, and I know uh, our home phone. And then I used to know like all of my friends' phone numbers. I have a friend. Wait, why did you know your friends? Did you just memorize them? Back like when I was in like middle school and oh, okay, phone. okay. So I had to know yeah, their like home phone. Yeah, numbers. yeah, yeah. Okay. Same. But I have a friend who literally will not put contacts in his phone, so he just has to memorize. <gasps> Who's texting him, or like, just take educated guesses? Wow. Yeah. What? Is that like laziness, or is he like superhuman? He is tell. the type of person who uh, doesn't really go out much, so like, hmm. I don't feel like he has a lot of people he uh, tends to, to text. Okay. Because <laughs> um, he doesn't know who he's talking to. Yeah. yeah I mean, that. Like, what do you do tonight? It's like, oh, we'll be at the yeah bar, and he's like. <laughs> 
I don't know who this is. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he has asked me so many times who I am, and I'm like, I guess I just don't text him enough. Wow. I used to know every single one of my friends' number, um, like cell phone number. Um, even when we had smartphones, like I still knew all their numbers. I know my wife's number. I know my parents' and my sister's number. Um, that's about it. I think I might could get to Bobby Freeman's number mm. because when I go to Target for the tax exempt thing to buy things <laughs> for church, yeah. um, I just use his number because I've never mm. set up a tax exempt thing at uh, Target, so I always have to punch his number in. So I think I could get to it if I thought really hard. Mm. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you get your his number is six one five. Just kidding. You're like, give me a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do know my brothers, but we also have like. Two numbers off for ours. Yeah. So it's um, kind of the same. Yeah. Um, but, all right. Speaking of, uh, well, I, April Fool. April Fool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the game for today that I came up with is called Ridiculous Scenarios. And I've come, I've come up with a couple scenarios and I've uh, went online and found some that I was like, okay, this is worth asking about. But we were talking about this earlier. And it's these, this concept that 10,000 rats are coming to your house in one week. And you have one week to prepare. Okay. Uh, do you think that you could defeat them and protect your house? And if so, what's your plan? Okay. 10,000 rats. 10,000 rats. Coming to my house. It's inevitable. Yep. I have one week to prepare. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you think you could do it? Okay. What is the rat's motivation? Like, are they coming for food? Are they coming, coming to kill me? They're coming to just take control of your house. Yeah. They're coming to just infest my, my yeah. house. Run you out of your own house. Okay. They've been sent there on a mission. 10,000 yeah. rats. How big are the rats? Rat size? <laughs> I don't know. Like, could I step on, like, four of them at a time? Um. No. Probably not. I think I might could get, like, two under yeah, my shoes. Yeah, two. two. If okay. they're, like, you know... So maybe like with one like atomic leap, I could take out like four. Yeah. <laughs> you you two foot stomp. So your your main plan is do nothing, <laughs> wait till they come, stop on them. I'm just trying to make. Sure, I'm just trying to get get the you lay of the spend land the here. Finding the right shoes. <laughs> I need to know what their motivation is and how big they are. <laughs> Can I get those really okay. nice like ice hiking shoes. Yeah. Oh, I got it. Ten th- yeah, <laughs> like the tennis racket on, yeah. on your feet. Yeah. Um, okay, so. One hundred percent. I'm murdering every one of these rats. Okay, awesome. you, okay. Yeah. Josh did not believe that he could. We both believe that with one week we could. One week of preparation, with a lot of thought, and booby traps. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Now, so, could I? So wait. Keep going. You were about to ask me okay. something. It's like what? Yeah, what is like your strategy? Like what is first thought is, I have to find a way to make them all like come to my house in in one path. Mm-hmm. So there has to be some kind of deterrent or fort, mm-hmm. some kind of like structure that funnels them into one mm-hmm. path, mm-hmm. so that it's just like hand grenades, it's machine gun, mm-hmm. it's. Um, I mean, uh, maybe just an atomic yeah. leap where I take Other four of them out of You are trying to minimize the damage to your own. <laughs> okay. Dang it. Mm. The rats didn't get you. you got the yard doesn't matter, <laughs> yeah. but the house does. Matter. Poison everywhere. 
Well, if I do that, I can't have a garden anymore because I can't eat those vegetables. Maybe also, like, not kids. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the tomatoes. <laughs> I'll have a week to decide, but first thought is I've got to get them all coming mm-hmm. down one path so that I can have them in, in one area to handle okay. them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's something... Hmm. I think like, like digging a pit and covering it with something so that they yeah. all fall in. Yeah. And when they fall in there, it's filled with water and there's mm. sharks. <laughs> yeah, one major man, he's got sharks. Yeah. We're, have you guys ever seen Austin Powers? Yeah. Okay, so I just got to find Dr. Evil. Precisely. He can get me yeah. some sharks. Yeah. If you're listening to this, Dr. Evil... And there's, you ever decide you want to send 10,000 rats to Daniel's house, but also want to help him out, <laughs> give him a shark as well. Yeah, give me a shark. <laughs> How but. many rats can a shark swallow at once? Probably a lot. I think more than my four. atomic stomp, or yeah. four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the atomic stomp. I'm just trying to think of how many swallows that would take. Yeah. I mean, if you have multiple sharks, I think... Wait, we could have swallows, so birds are coming down. <laughs> <laughs> there's sharks from below, there's... African, African or European. Ooh. Now, four pound, a four-ounce <laughs> swan cannot carry a one-pound coconut. Yeah. <laughs> but if they could, they could drop coconuts on top of the rat. Yep. You get, that was a Holy Grail reference, right? Yes. Sick, sick reference, bro. Be. Your references are so up to date. Oh my gosh, it's almost like you've uh, been around the street a little bit. Yeah. But uh, our main, so my main plan is dig a moat, okay. fill it with gasoline. Whoa. They fall in there. Light it on fire. They light on fire, they start drowning, they're burning, like they're crushing each other as there's all of them. And then you have like layers of fences, like you build like an electric fence. Yeah. And then, like, another one to make sure they kind of stay in that area. And then yeah. just, like, put, like, rat traps and things. Just, like, try to keep them on fire as much as possible before they could get to your house. <laughs> yes. But Josh... Anything to slow them down. You can yeah. handle You can handle small amounts. Mm-hmm. If you could slow them down, and you can funnel them, yeah. essentially. <laughs> you want to start off strong to get as many as you can out of the way before you you personally have to deal with them. Yeah. Yeah. Carolina, do you have any... Uh... Well, I feel like Kyle and I have workshopped this. Yeah, so like, we have. Like, I also originally like, I've got to dig something all mm. around my house. Okay. They've got to fall into it. It's got to be wide enough. Probably maybe two of them. So if they mm. crawl out, they're going to fall into another yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. But then, you know, Kyle had the gasoline idea, which is like, that That really will seal yeah. the deal with a lot but of you need to You need to keep rats on fire from getting to your house, which yes. is flammable. And then we were trying to figure out, like, how do we, you know, get dig that and everything. Mm. We There's... Honestly, pretty easy tools we can. Yeah, we you can, can go to Home Depot to. and get a digger for like l- less than you would think. Yeah, and we can do that in a week. We have the mm-hmm. funds. Like an auger. Yeah. 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 So we can obviously do that. everybody yeah. knows what we're talking about, um, right? Yeah. yeah. Josh was go like, down there and get you an auger, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Josh was like, "I'll just build a tower," and I'm like, "Rats can climb." Yeah. <laughs> Ten thousand of them can push that tower. What's over. the tower do? Like where he can like he's just like snipe them, trying to survive the night, just keep them away from. Well, them. yeah, he's he. he took it as like he's just trying to survive but you're trying to defend your home yeah, like yeah. your his whole house is just being attacked while he's yeah. sitting atop his tower and they're probably gonna get him too yeah Honestly, there's no need to survive <laughs> if you can't thrive yeah. right yeah. So, if you have to live with the rats afterwards then it's like why you why are you even doing it yeah i think there's probably also an opportunity to like 
they fall. So let's say you build a big catapult. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> they fall into the hole, but the hole is actually the catapult. And so as soon as they all fall, I mean, you got to know your limits on the catapult because mm-hmm. these things are medieval and they don't really, yeah. they're not weight bearing. Of course. Uh, yeah, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as they fall, you you launch them into mm-hmm. outer space. That's like the most next yeah. level rodent projectile mm-hmm. device I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. And then you automate it so that it resets. And it has to more. reset. Yeah. You just hope the other rats are either too stupid to realize what just happened they or that are, they didn't see it. They are too stupid because I will say my first, first thought was that I would just simply debate all the rats because mm. I would totally win. Yeah. No rat can beat me in a debate. You so have a sign you... that says, enter only if you can beat me in a debate and they'll be like, let's try it. <laughs> so these are like evolved rats. Like they can, <laughs> no, they're they not. can understand can... human communication. <laughs> <laughs> Who's it's a battle of here? wits, but they're unarmed. That's why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Eventually, you're thinking through debate. They just turn around. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> All right. Is so, there another scenario? So I have five here. Yes. Um, the next one, uh, I did not come up with. Uh, if humans lost the ability to see all color except one, which color would you want to survive? Oh I man. I think the right answer would be red, because that's like. Mm-hmm survival instinct like you got to know when to stop when to not when to like don't do Mm -hmm. something like most of those things are red but that's no fun Mm -hmm. um i think probably i would want to see purple okay because that would make me really happy Mm -hmm. and again if i'm going to survive i want to thrive so Mm -hmm. yeah and i think the question in my mind is like you could go the route of let me choose something that's super uh, broad that's gonna be everywhere. That's that's like, where I'm going. Yeah, if you're like, oh, let me choose brown or like green, cause like everything's mm-hmm. brown or green. It's like okay, I know where things are, but like a lot of those things are pretty easy. Like you're always gonna be on the ground. It's gonna be hard to be like, oh, where does the ground end? Wait, okay. you can, wait. Can you see in black and white, right? Or you can't see anything that's not that color. I don't know how how necessary that would I work because I think that's. I was interpreting it that everything else was in black and white except yeah. okay. one. Color. I assumed yeah, you were blind except everything that's this one color you can see. <laughs> I don't know I'm how that works. Conceptualize that, yeah. That's no. so. Like, let's just say I want to see green. All I see of Carolina right now <laughs> is her jacket. Yeah. There's just a jacket floating in the air. Yeah, that's how I took it at least because I was like, that seems like the most the hardest. Like, circumstances. Like, when do you... You have to, like... I'm gonna be court. honest. I really don't think that's what this question is asking. But I like that better. Okay. I, like that it. Might I like be, the way you... Honestly, now it. that you guys mentioned it, I think your, your answer is better. Because, <laughs> uh, interesting, my brother had these sunglasses that were red. And because of the color, you were unable to see the, like, the green lights. So, like, okay. when the light turned green, you could not see it through okay. them. Um... I think it was either that, because, like, it would... Everything that was red, would you could still kind of see. It would just kind of look like a light. But everything that was green, like, it filtered it out, so it didn't look like anything. Wow. Yeah. Very weird. I'm wondering also, like, so part of the strategy behind purple is, like, it's a secondary color, so it's mm. made up of red and blue. So, like, maybe I also could in some aspects see bits of red and blue. I almost have to to see like, purple. You're trying to cheat the system. Well, like, <laughs> I got it. Okay, in my mind, I was like, okay, if I choose like a brown or a beige, then it's like, oh, I can see people. Because like, is it, because you say, oh, I want to see green. You can see all things within the range of green. Or is it like shade of one melody. shade, you have one shade to work with. Yeah. 
I think I'm still going green. Green. Okay. You want to see the grass? Yeah, I want to see nature. What's the number one green thing you want to see? Just. I, I would just say trees. Like, yeah, <laughs> trees, plants. Like, yeah. yeah, nature. That's fair. Yeah. That's tough, though. Um, I guess my family could. Okay, question. Could my wife paint herself green? Yes. Okay. Yeah. My daughters could paint her, paint themselves green. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's how we're living. <laughs> I gotta be able to see them. <laughs> Just paint your whole world green. On Tuesday nights, <laughs> guys yeah. will be teaching. Uh, please wear green <laughs> and paint your face green. It's all, baby. Where are you? And she's like, let me put the paint on. <laughs> She takes she takes a shower just so I can't see like figure out where she's she like is. I am mad at you. Hops in the shower. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It oh, takes man. her like two hours to do her makeup every morning, but it's just, <laughs> just like green face paint. <laughs> you're late for everything, but I can, but I can see her. Yeah. You're like she's so high maintenance. She's like you're asking me to do this. <laughs> I did it for you. <laughs> okay. We solved it. Yeah. All right. Green it is. Everyone's green. green. Yeah, green. <laughs> Alright, this one is kind of dark, so we could skip it. But, you can transport one furious elephant into any point in history. Where would you put it? A furious elephant. Okay. Dead air. Good radio. <laughs> Do you have an answer, Kyle? I have a couple. Um... Most of them are dark. Because it's like, yes, you could say, oh, I'll just put it, like, in the airport before 9-11. It's like, yeah. alright. You could maybe stop 9-11. But, that would maybe I start think, a lot of in my time. mind, I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of, like, <laughs> practical things. But it's like, okay, what's the, where's the funniest place that I could put this yeah. elephant? And in my head, the answer is in the pen with Harambe. It has to oh be. my gosh, Carl! <laughs> it's like okay, we save Harambe. They're like this. This this gorilla's not doing anything. Like the elephant is the main thing. So the people would shoot the elephant. They'd be like, Harambe? we gotta get, we gotta get the kid out of here. We gotta get Harambe out of here. Like okay. <laughs> this gorilla is in danger. So Harambe turns into global hero. Yeah. Because <laughs> he saves the kid from yeah an insane elephant. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, I like it. That or like the first premiere of Dumbo. Wait, why would a furious elephant be at the Dumbo premiere? It would be like, y'all want to see Dumbo? That's a spectacle. <laughs> but okay, in history, um, oh man, this is a I, tough question. I think I maybe. Well, man, it's sad that it's furious. Like, mm-hmm. if it was just an elephant. I can think of so many, but a furious one, oh, I gotta be protected of some yeah. of these events. <laughs> I think maybe, like, probably, like, some really famous, like, historical protest for something mm-hmm. good. Like, a furious elephant that's, like, you know, about that, like, good trouble. <laughs> He's, like, furious for a reason. Yeah. He's, like, He's ready furious to get some rights. that injustice. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I, too, have Martin Luther King's dream. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. And he's got like a little sign and he's all furious, but it's like going to mm-hmm. enact change. You yeah. Know? yeah. Like people are going to get like maybe like people can vote way earlier because of this mm-hmm. furious elephant. Yeah. Yeah. He's like no justice, no peanuts. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> 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 oh, 
And he's like in all the black and white photos in our textbooks. Like yeah. he's revered in his own yeah. furious way. Yeah. Furious elephant guy. Yeah. Man, yeah. you gotta put him out of the five guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, Fast and Furious movies. Yes. That might be yes. <laughs> that like... is where the furious elephant belongs. Yeah. Fast and Furious elephant. He's okay. racing. Vin right Diesel, if you're listening, him. we have an idea for you. <laughs> yeah. After you guys jump a car over the moon, I mean, furious elephant. It's the next. It's the next step. Obviously, that could be fur- the eleventh one. Yes, yeah. maybe furious eleventh. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Oh my gosh. So stupid. I don't have. I don't have an answer. Okay. I mean, I want to say like, okay, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking of like those. Um, like 1950s like instructional videos where you hear the guy that's like um like in the background he's like come look at this uh pencil sharpening factory and see what happens is how we get a number two pencil is the guy sticks the wood into the machine and then it and then like teach the next lesson in that voice i could do that and then furious elephant just like flies through the video i would love to hear daniel explain uh, how pencils work. <laughs> okay. In, in 30 seconds? No. <laughs> I can do that right now. Just, just, I feel like you need to make a collection of videos of you explaining how things work in the old-timey sense of, like, if you were to go to the factory and watch, here's what Daniel thinks happens. Yes. It's so, like, PBS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can do that. Okay. We'll start with number two pencils. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> Power number two. We'll make, we'll make some shorts that go, will go on the podcast every week. Okay. Daniel explains pens next. <laughs> A new um, segment. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, and we'll do one more here. Um, this one is one I came up with. Uh, you can add any country to the United States mainland, uh, but you have to switch it with a state. So, mm-hmm. like, you take a country and it, it goes in place of that state, and that state goes to wherever that country was. Okay. Which two would you switch? Oh, man. You mean, like, which one would I get rid of and which one would I add? Yeah. Okay. I'm... Wait, is it, like, the country just, like, as in, like, the the land mass, or is it, like, all of the people, the culture? The people, the culture, it's all there. It's all there. Let's say it maintains, like, everything about it, despite any scientific inaccuracies inaccuracies with, like, climate. Okay. Okay. Anything like that. Okay. Hmm. And so wherever I choose, whatever state we get rid of, Mm -hmm. that's where the country we're adding is attaching. Yes. Okay. I got it. Do you have an answer? I have two answers. Okay. But I don't want to steal anybody. No, you don't. I'll just say one first. Okay. Uh, China. Okay. Okay, because they suck. Um, <laughs> They're coming to the U.S.? We're getting rid of Alaska. Okay. And we're freezing those Chinese butts oh off. <laughs> and see if they still like <laughs> communism and oppression and tyranny. And then all of a sudden, I read Alaska is like, we're just over in China and Asia now, I guess. I mean, it's much more fertile land over in China. Okay. Might be good for like Sarah Palin and... <laughs> Some of those people in Alaska, oh polar gosh. bears. I'm sure they would like to warm up a little bit. There are polar bears in Alaska. 
No. Okay. <laughs> Maybe way, way there up. There are polar bears in Alaska. You are can go hunt real? polar bear in Alaska. I didn't know that. I've seen regular bears. Wait, in Alaska, you can hunt polar, polar bears? Grizzlies. There can't. You can't. You can't do that. Pause, dear listener. <laughs> you can't. That would be awful. We should ask Lyra if he has the answer to this scientific question. There. Oh, wow. <laughs> Maybe once there were, but I highly doubt it. Yeah, that just tell me what uh, Alaska just tells is. Me that <laughs> Polar bears in Alaska. Yes, there are. As far as the Saint Lawrence Island, occasionally move down. To wow. I was listening to a hunting podcast recently where the guy got dropped off in Alaska. Hmm. Oh, wait. Are we still rolling? Yeah. The guy got dropped off in Alaska, and the pilot was like, I'll be back in five days. And he was single man hunting a polar bear. Aren't they, like, endangered, though? Like, why is that allowed? I don't know. I mean, you gotta eat. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Go eat your raspberries. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He said it actually ended up the polar bear was like hunting him. Oh gosh. I'm sure. He said he was followed for like two days by a polar bear that was just tracking him and it was he was terrified. Oh my gosh. That's wild. Yeah. I did not know that that was in our own country. Dang. Man. Well, it's now in China. So <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> um, I think I would probably swap like Canada and Rhode Island. So like they're not moving that far. Yeah. I just think the configuration of like the giganticness <laughs> of Canada, but like attaching it in yeah. the little bitty mm-hmm. spot. Like honestly, it, we might could get all the way to like Europe or Africa or whatever with yeah. like. Canada. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I like no. Land more. bridge. It's a yeah. land bridge. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the strategy. Okay. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wouldn't be like too much of a culture shock or anything. Like. Yeah. It'd be fine. Um, but mm-hmm. then also like. There's a lot of like Arctic Ocean now. I feel like because Rhode Island's just like picking this up. This is Rhode water. Island. <laughs> yeah. The smallest island. Okay. Where where along the top of the United States is Rhode Island now going to be? I think it's like, I mean, I guess it's 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 probably just right near like, it it's closest to like Maine. Okay. Or like. I, so I they're not too Maine far actually away. Border Canada, but like it's it's to the yeah. yeah to the east. Okay. Yeah, just right up there. We'll keep mm-hmm. it in the east, but then yeah. there's just gonna be a lot of ocean. And but Alaska is gonna be like just an appendage, I guess. Cause <laughs> just like, an island. An island, yeah. 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 It's funny really attached now. where you put Rhode Island, because in my mind I put it in like the dead center, same, of, same. on the border of America. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's just like the top kind of flat. Like, <laughs> Like North Dakota, Wisconsin, kind of like Minnesota area ish, or like wherever. And I'm like, then there's just this little bitty. Because now, like, one of the only sides of Rhode Island that has water no longer does. does. All the other ones do. Yeah. That's a shock for them. Property value shoots up through the roof. Like, you could technically, if you put it in the middle of where Canada is, now it is a true island. It's just a tiny little Rhode Island in the middle of the ocean. That'll shake things up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In my head, I was thinking kind of the opposite direction. I was like, what if we take Texas and we switch it with uh, Liechtenstein? Okay. <laughs> so now you just have this tiny little European country yeah. on the Gulf. And then Texas now gets to be the biggest. Co- I'm assuming they're bigger than any of the European countries. It's, yeah. But now they're actually the biggest wherever wow. they are. And the United States does not have to deal with that. Wow, that's amazing. I would miss a lot of Texas, though. I've never been. 
<laughs> Neither have I. I'm just being what they contribute to. <laughs> oh, man. My other one was, this just seemed like a natural fit. The first thing I thought of was... Italy for Florida, it just seemed like a natural fit. Okay, yeah, that's very logical. Like it's go, like almost the same, but they go the other direction. Yeah, it's almost a little different. Yeah. It would be nice to so easily get to Italy too. Yeah, yeah. And we then, could like, get a pizza pie. <laughs> yeah. Every headline that comes out of Florida is now like Europe's problem. Yeah. <laughs> Italy man. It's like, it's Italian man. Italian yeah. man with crocodile. <laughs> Italian man marries pizza. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the amount of like Mario jokes that we can have, and, and just the amount of awesome pizza that we can eat. Mm, oh, It'd be great. That's strategic. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, it's been about fifty minutes. Let's move on to our next topic. Okay. <laughs> um, do we want to talk about uh, your job first? Do we want to move to Easter, or do we want to end with Easter? What do you want to do this thing with? I, I would love to hear, I mean, Carolina at the beginning said that she had a huge presentation at work. Yeah. Um, we haven't really found out much about Carolina, yeah. so. let's hop into that. Okay, do you want to hear about my presentation, or? <laughs> um, do you want to just start telling them, like, what you do? Sure. Like... So, um, I'm an innovation specialist for Nissan. Um, their um, North American headquarters is here in Franklin, so. That's my office, although I mostly work from home, um, but I was in the office today. And yeah, I, I work on a team called Future Lab. So it's a really small team and it's relatively new, but it kind of sits within like uh, the broader area of product planning, although it's the most upstream group, which means it's like thinks the most furthest in advance of all the groups in the company. So um, yeah, my role as an innovation specialist is to, um, there, it's kind of like two prongs. So one is like, truly just coming up with ideas, um, thinking of like new innovations and also just um, ideas that we should like research and think about. So trends and like concepts, um, there's a lot of ways that that manifests. And then the other part is coming up with um, innovation strategy for the company. So um, faster ways that we can uh, be more lean in our innovation process and also replicate it like a more of a systematic approach. So um, I try to like come up with um, ideas around how to innovate as well and then get that implemented throughout the organization or prove that it can work and work with like outside um, think tanks and like vendors and stuff to um, do that. So yeah, there's a lot um, of different stuff. My days don't really look the same, but I love all of it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Every time I've ever heard you talk about your job and what you do, you're like so excited about it. I love it so much. It's seriously like my dream job, which is such a blessing. Um, I know like so many people don't get to say that, but um, yeah, I, I love it. I seriously love work every day. <laughs> we all get to say it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dan and I just looked at each other and pointed like, did you say that about your job? This is my dream job. <laughs> Office below ground. <laughs> I can barely see the light. <laughs> There's Pipes. a sewage pipe right above my head. <laughs> yeah. oh, living the dream. I'm kidding, everybody. I love my job. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. So, how did you get into this? Like, did you go to school and you're like, I'm going to work at Nissan Innovation Lab? Or, like, no. okay. Definitely not. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I majored in marketing and statistics in college. I came into college wanting to do statistics. 
and then ended up adding marketing um, just as like sort of a creative like aspect because I love data so much, but I also love being creative and artistic. So I wanted something that allowed me to like exercise that as well. I was getting like really a little bit tired of just having like math classes and computer science classes. So um, I wanted to, to add that as well. And it was great because marketing's like so much consumer psychology and then also like just getting to come up with you know ways of reaching people and, and understanding people so um both of those things like allow me to do this job really well but it's not like a direct like pipeline into a job like that for sure so i started working at nissan doing ui ux in a very downstream role so it's like after the cars were already created i was doing stuff with our app um and and working with different partners to do like remote services for the vehicle so allowing like allowing you to control your car from your phone and I was doing UI UX around that and like requirements and stuff and I had all these ideas for um for new innovations in in cars and in our apps and in our digital aspects but I was so downstream like everything was already implemented by the time it got to me except for like the small parts that I was doing so um everyone that I worked with like all my bosses and stuff kind of knew that I needed to move more upstream and last year um, around this time in April actually um, I was talking to um, this woman from California and she and I was so clicked on like all the research we like to do and she was saying that everything that I was talking about that I like to read about for fun and just do in my free time um, would be so valuable like in the organization and then she actually like the next month got um, approval to create a new team and she kind of got to like assemble people um, from throughout the company. So it's five people, um, including her. The Nissan Avengers. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Future Lab um, from all different parts of the organization. And she pulled me specifically to do this role. So it kind of was like created for me. Um, it totally combines exactly like my background in marketing and data, but also just being a, like a dreamer and ideas person and the type of research I like to do. So um, yeah, kind of was like, handed to me in that sense, um, but it is very directly related to what I studied as well. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. So, like, what's that like? You have mentioned, like, you're thinking so far out, like, decades mm -hmm. out. Like, what is what is that like having to do that on, like, a daily basis? Does Has it, like, changed uh, your thought process at all? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, there's so much to unpack with that, but... Yeah, like thinking so far into the future, which truly my role does, like it's, it is the most upstream in the organization. So we're thinking like years and years and years, like you said, decades um, into the future. So it's every day is like a thought experiment basically. But I will say that thinking so far into the future is like, it's really not all that different from looking back so far into the past because history in, in time like is so cyclical so it's like I'm doing all these thought experiments where I'm trying to conceptualize the future think about what the world's going to be like but um the ways that you think about that is really similar to how you look back in history and, and in the past so um it's not it's not all that crazy to think about but it is it does shape the way that I think outside of work for sure um I think like just in terms of like how much uncertainty there is like when I encounter uncertain things in life like it, it makes me think about how what I'm doing is altering different paths. It makes me think about all sorts of possibilities, like mm. thinking about 
different futures is like inherently like probabilistic, you know, so like my stats background, like I'm always thinking about likelihood of like this is going to happen. But then if that happens, how is that going to play out? Mm -hmm. And so it's like in so many aspects of my life, I'm thinking about every scenario of how it can play out far mm-hmm. into the future when because, the 10,000 rats right exactly <laughs> because I'm like kind of trained to do that um and do that with work but um it also is just super inspiring to me because I I am like such a dreamer I always say like I'd rather dream than sleep but um I love just thinking about all sorts of ideas and what the world can look like so that that does inspire me and I'm so grateful for that to like not come out of work feeling exhausted mm-hmm. but feeling inspired do you feel like there's anything that like you think is coming in the next like 30 years that you're like this is definitely going to happen that like you've kind of been involved in prophesy for us yeah. right now <laughs> yes yeah so that's what's so interesting is like um coming coming up with like what what trends and like doing forecasting or as they call it future casting truly um but what i've been involved in is so much ai stuff recently mm-hmm. and it's wild to think about um what the world will look like when we're so far advanced into AI and it's it's so much more widely used and accepted. I mean, it's already accelerating so fast, mm-hmm. but I was in um, Las Vegas earlier this year for a tech conference and talking with a lot of people whose whole lives they spend like researching AI and like that's their whole job. And they're talking about like, even they wrote books like three years ago about this, saying that like by 2030, it's going to look like this with AI. And at this conference in January, they're saying, uh, I would be surprised if it's not even like that by 2025 at this point, wow. which is accelerating so fast. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and that's what's wild, like thinking decades into the future, then it's like, you think it's going to be one thing and then, oh, well, maybe that's going to be in the next actually just 10 years. Mm-hmm. And there are so many things that can, that can disrupt like all of society, truly. Like think about like so recently, like Amazon was created in the grand scheme mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. Our whole world functions differently yeah. because of that. Yeah. You have to like anticipate those things and or, or you'll be not competitive mm-hmm. and you'll be behind um so it is interesting how you can like approach thinking about that and mm-hmm. and how to predict those things but yeah in terms of your question definitely all sorts of ai and how people like accept it and interact with it um i think will dramatically change like what our world looks like mm-hmm. and how even our relationships look do you feel like you interact with ai like on a daily basis or you just kind of learn about it more so i absolutely learn about it and read about it daily at this point um i interact with it probably weekly um but yeah i've i've been able to in my role i get to talk to so many different people and i've heard so many different like use cases for it and people using it for different things um but it is like all of it all my research like goes to conceptualizing um and like visualizing a, a world that like our products will be in like whatever that may look like far into the future so um every like piece of information i get is like just going to building this world of like what that looks like when you know your surgery is like performed by some ai powered robot mm-hmm. and like you're shaking your head it's coming Daniel. <laughs> yeah that's <sounds laughs> it's coming just tell me when i need to move to idaho and, <laughs> and batten down the hatches before china switches with alaska daniel's gonna move to alaska yes yeah <laughs> Tell me when The Matrix, the movie, will actualize itself into reality, and I will get out. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you know. (laughs) I'll be honest, we're joking, but that stuff terrifies me. Mm -hmm. Um, I was talking to a friend who, he owns a company who um, 
and we're not supposed to be talking about like AI. This is about you, but he he owns a company that manufactures a lot of things um, for the military. I can't say too much about what he does. Sure. They work with the military, mm-hmm. and they build a lot of things with the military. And so I think the military, you might know this answer more than me, the military is using like technology that won't be available to us for like 10, 20 years, something oh, like yeah. that. And um, he's like, the stuff that, that, that we're able to do, that they're able to do, it is it – is, it, truly is scary. Yeah, It's scary to think about where the world could be and the wrong people use the right tool and it's like, wow, what does life actually look like? Exactly. Yeah. That's a question that I always want to ask at work, especially with this AI stuff. I'm always asking like, who is this serving? Like right. it's built to serve someone and something. So like, yeah, you have to ask those like moral and ethical questions yeah. with it, which is so fascinating. Like how much philosophy comes in with, with technology mm-hmm. now because of, it can make decisions and everything, yeah. but, um, but yeah, like that's always super interesting. And like you're saying, knowing like what's coming, like your friend, like knows all the stuff that that can do. Like I also have the opportunity to like work yeah. with so many like startups that are working on stuff that that'll work for a society. Like when all this other technology is developed and, and it's just so wild to think about like how our cities will function and everything and knowing yeah. that it's not even just an idea. Like people are working on stuff day in and day out that would just blow everyone's minds if they thought they were going to live in a world like that, and it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's what's um what's the co-founder of Apple's name? Uh, not Steve Jobs, but uh, what is it? Um, Wozniak. 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 Um, so I recently read where Elon Musk and and Wozniak had written and signed this open letter. About yes, the yeah. progression of yeah. AI, and mm-hmm. there, and I mean, when Elon Musk is saying like you shouldn't be doing something, it's like I kind of listen a little bit, even Absolutely. though I think that dude's crazy, sure, but um, yeah. also brilliant, mm-hmm. and has his finger on the pulse of like tech and, yeah. and progressive technologies, and like even he's like we need to slow mm-hmm. down because yeah. we don't know like the capabilities of what we're creating. What's well, so mm-hmm. loud and like legislation is so slow to mm-hmm. catch up with it, so it's like. Things get so out of hand, and there are no laws because yeah. there's like no time to even I mean, do look that. Look at the Lime scooters; like they have to <laughs> put something out, and then they're all suddenly they're off the streets because like right. now it's illegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to respond to those kinds of things when it's happening and accelerating so quickly. But um, yeah, it is so crazy to think about like all the different ways that our world can look. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you feel like uh, having this job and like? going through those processes has affected your faith in any way or do you think kind of the other way around of like your faith kind of impacting the way you approach your job oh good question I mean definitely kind of both but um I I mean just like we're talking about like I I I in this role like when you're thinking about the future so much it's like the only way to have peace about it is with my faith like Mm -hmm. I work with so many people who um, like maybe aren't Christian and they, the future's bleak. Like mm-hmm. I love my job and I'm excited about the future and, and I look at it in a very positive light, but there are so many times where I learn about like trends and, and we forecast things and how, how people will interact and what people's values will be and, and just how the world will operate. And I think like, oh, I don't know, like if I want to like bring a kid into that world, like, mm-hmm. but then, and other people think the same thing. And then the only thing that like gives me hope and like keeps me going. I always go back to the verse that says like, when God says like, my ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And, 
it's like as much as I try to predict what's going to happen and like forecast in future casts, like I don't really know. And it's not Mm -hmm. even up to me to really know. And, and he is in control of everything. So that like gives me so much peace. It like in exploring the future, because there, there are so many people that again, like future is scary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's so much like unknown too. just like, uh, knowing is scary and then also not knowing is scary yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. they're both can be terrifying so yeah the only peace can come from like knowing that we don't know and we mm-hmm. surrender to that and it, it's not something that we have to be in control of yeah i know even on a small scale like the future is scary for a lot of people so on a large scale absolutely like, that's yep. existential yeah yeah it's so like in my role it's so macro it's like i'll be thinking about something and they're like well think bigger like think about mm-hmm. how that affects this and this and this and then like the more you explore it, the more it's like, I don't know if this is going to be good, but mm-hmm. all the evidence is pointing to that might be where society's headed. And, mm-hmm. um, but again, like, yeah, just, just thinking about how like God is in control of all of that and, and that like giving me peace that also influences my work. Like you're saying that it kind of like works both ways because it allows me to come into work excited every day yeah. instead of like working with people who are just like, you know, thinking about this like depressed sort of state of the world, like when mm-hmm. everything's robots or whatever, you know, wherever your mind goes, because you have to take it in every direction when it's so far in the future. But um, yeah, it allows me to like keep a positive attitude about it and, and be excited about it too. Mm-hmm. I think that's so um, key. I, I, I'm, I'm joking about like, hey, tell me when I need to like move to the middle of nowhere. No, I get it. <laughs> I'm joking about that. Um, some of that technology really does scare me. I mean, you see movies that are 30 years old and mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, like some of that stuff that they thought about 30 years ago could actually happen like right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's scary. But then, like you said, it, it is a great reminder that like um, the Lord is in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not surprised by things. And we're called to be faithful where we are, mm-hmm. even if the world was complete robot you know if it was like uh ready player one and Mm -hmm. the robots are controlling everything and we're just couch potatoes Mm -hmm. sitting there um you know basically batteries for the for the robots to feed off of um god is on his throne and and god is in control and so i think that's always um something that we always need to take into account so thanks for saying that absolutely yeah okay well let's jump into our last topic here uh we've kind of started to get there a little bit at the beginning of the episode but easter is a big thing Mm -hmm. especially in this culture um easter just happened this past weekend um it's important to talk about um and i think kind of you're leaning to the idea of like looking to the past to look at the future and i think that's very prevalent this time of year where like we recognize Jesus' resurrection, but also that he's coming again. Yeah. And just the hope that that brings. Um, so, Daniel, I know you have something to, to lead us into that, but um, do we want to start with, like, a couple yeah. stories or anything? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So I don't know if uh, you have any specific, like, traditions or stories that uh, just mean a lot to you about Easter. Uh, uh, I don't have anything, like, super specific in terms of traditions. We always would, like dye eggs growing up and um that was always like super memorable to me because my sister and my mom and I did it together and I always looked forward to that every year we always would go to church every Sunday of course um but 
Yeah, I I also remember um, when I was little, the church that I went to would do like a reenactment of the crucifixion, which was like really <laughs> intense. And like when I was little, I, like it was a lot to deal with. Um, but <laughs> but as I got older, um, I remember going to it one year, and like it did make you like realize the gravity of it. In mm-hmm. it like definitely should not be for young kids, but yeah. but it um. That, like, always stood out to me. Like, I still think about it, like, just that visualization. Like, I think it's easy to to not think about how, like, brutal and how much of a sacrifice that was. And, like, when you do think about it, it's, like, it just, like, takes you even more. But that was a yearly thing for a bit. Um, yeah, nothing super stand out, though. What about you? Yeah, my, uh, my family, just growing up, um, the main thing that we would always do... Um, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but it's called the Jesus Biscuits. And essentially you take a marshmallow and a piece of chocolate and you like wrap it with like like biscuit dough. And then you put it in the oven. And then when you uh, get it back, um, the like the marshmallow is gone. <laughs> Wait, Are you serious? It like evaporates yeah. or whatever. Like yeah, it's like it. Jesus is out of the tomb. Oh, you guys have never done That's this? Fine. Okay. And then you just have a chocolate biscuit? There's a little bit of marshmallow, but it's mainly chocolate. That sounds delicious. That's amazing. Yeah, and I was always kind of frustrated because I was like, man, I really want this marshmallow, man, like, because it's basically a s'more, <laughs> but better. <laughs> um, you were sad that it Yeah, I was like, <laughs> and, the, and now thinking back at it just shows just how much my little mind just thought of how much he wanted Jesus back. <laughs> <laughs> but um that is awesome yeah but in uh so man is, it, is this like a northern thing i don't know like it's something my mom like did that we would do like every year but um in college the main thing that like i think going to like the impact of easter that i thought was really cool um every like good friday service they uh somehow got their hands on this old like train track and they had, like, the nails that mm-hmm. uh, would go as part of it, which was, like, the nails that they would have used. And, like, during uh, someone would, like, read the uh, crucifixion part of one of the, the books. And through it, they would hit it with, like, one of those, I'm assuming a sledgehammer. Yeah. Um, like a mallet but, or like, something. just, like, the sound of it, like, it was just super impactful to me because you kind of, like, realize kind of more practically, like, what that looks like. Because you always just kind of have, oh, like, in your mind, you kind of know, but, like, hearing it is just so different. Yeah. I, I've also had similar experience to you guys where, like, um, there was a church in my hometown. Not my church, but they did, like, a reenactment type thing. Mm-hmm. And it was always... Um, it's a little weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, the things you've told me about your church, I'm not surprised. It's a little weird. This was not my church. But, um, <laughs> was this the same church that did the uh, halftime service at the football game? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. This this was not my church. Okay. It, was town, it was a church in my hometown. Um, they did a reenactment, but they would have like, um, you know, they, they were like a, a church that did like, they would have live animals, like walking down the aisles and stuff. And, um, it was impactful if you like let it be impactful, right. but you could also sit there and just die laughing with your friends all the time <laughs> if you didn't want it to be impactful. But uh, I've also experienced the, uh, I don't know where it was, but I know at least one time in my life I've heard 
you know, the gospel, uh, the, the message of the cross, the passages um, of Jesus' crucifixion being read while someone hammered a nail. Mm-hmm. And it is. It's extremely impactful yeah. when you, when you yeah. think about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just something that we should... We, we're laughing about, like, plays and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But um, Jesus said that every time we, we meet, to remember mm-hmm. him... And I think that's something that, um, you know, not just one Sunday a year, but like 52 Sundays mm-hmm. a year, we should be remembering some aspect of what he's done for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't really have like Easter stories. Uh, our tradition was just always going to, so both of both sets of my grandparents lived in our hometown. And I won't say which one of my grandmothers was the better cook. <laughs> Because um, they were both phenomenal. Like, one of them was a, a, an amazing, like, um, I don't know what you said, like, entrees mm-hmm. were amazing. And one of them was just an, a phenomenal baker. Oh, and so, nice. like, you knew you were going to have some awesome dessert at mm-hmm. one of our grandparents' houses. That's a blast. And you knew you'd have, like, just an amazing meal. So we would go to lunch at one place, and then we would go to, like, second not lunch. dinner, but, yeah, second lunch. Whatever the hobbits do. Yeah, second lunch. <laughs> We'd have like eleven Z's at my my <laughs> grandmother's house, and then have second lunch at my other grandmother's house, and that's basically it. We never we never really dyed eggs. We probably did that once or twice in my life. Yeah, we only really? did it a couple times. We did it every year. I loved it so much, though. Yeah. Like it was like fun and creative, and then like you get a decoration. But yeah. we like spent time doing it together and like doing all our colors yeah. and patterns. Yeah. So it's we'd fun. have like the neighborhood Easter egg hunt. You know, yeah. get the stuff from the Easter Bunny. But um, I feel like the Main Easter's that I feel like I remember the most are like just spending it at like my grandparents' house, not in my hometown. Um, I don't know, it's different. Mm. But well, um, I guess as we close out, um, I'll just I, I've just a verse popped into my head a minute ago, and I was like, you know what, we kind of do like faith life topic or whatever, mm-hmm. but we're already at like a minute twenty. Um, <laughs> I'll let this verse kind of be... Yeah, only one minute and 20. Oh, an hour 20. Um, (laughs) Carolina wanted this to be the longest episode, so we've been... It's going now. I'm going to read just two verses and kind of let it be kind of like an exhortation, maybe just a little comment at the end. But Colossians 2, uh, 6 and 7, um, Paul is writing to the Colossians. He says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Um, it's just a good reminder to me. Um, we received this message of Christ Jesus and we received it with uh, excitement and hope and belief and almost a childlike faith. And Paul tells us to continue. I think about prior to Christ, um, prior to salvation, there's guilt and shame and anxiety and fear. And we still feel some of that from time to time. But Paul is saying to abound in thanksgiving, like as you continue to abound in thanksgiving. And so I think um, coming out of Easter, uh, hearing some of, you know, just the stories, Carolina, that you're talking about with work and future casting and um, kind of some of the anxiety you could get into thinking about that. It's like, no, we've been given such a gift and we need to abound in Thanksgiving just as we received it. So, yeah, absolutely. I think also like 
on sort of on that note, like what I love about Easter um, is just that like every year it gets better. Like mm. I think that some holidays, like the older you get, like the more jaded you get about them yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Easter, I get like softer for every year because it like means more. Like I completely agree. With yeah, that. yeah. Like it's just like thinking about when I was a kid to like when I was in high school to now yeah. like post college. It's like. Jesus, like, dying for my sins, like, makes me more emotional every year. And yep. it's so easy to, like, your heart to get hardened to things, like, as you get older. Yeah. But Easter, I'm, like, softer constantly. And I love that. <laughs> yeah, but because Christmas is so commercialized, as, <laughs> as a parent now, mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, I got to stay up late. I got to get the toys out of the mm-hmm. place where we were hiding them. We got to mm-hmm. set up the yeah. room for the kids. And, like, it loses some of its luster. Right. But I totally agree with you. Every year, Easter renews and refreshes right. my appreciation and anticipation of Christ. It's, yes. it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think something interesting that we did this year um, that we just were not expecting to end up doing is after our Good Friday service, we got roped into hiding uh, eggs for uh, some of the families uh, through Young Life. Uh, I think it was some of the Covenant families, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but very interesting experience, just like recognizing that you're doing something just out of service for because like we had no obligation to do any of this but um like something that in my head is just so mundane is this idea of like hiding eggs with like a piece of candy or something yeah. in it for kids who don't really have much of a, a, a sense of like what easter really is besides oh another time that we wake up and we get stuff and then like maybe we'll go to church but like also recognizing how different my experience is now from what it used to be for Easter of like, yeah, I'm not really doing any of those like commercialized things. And eventually one day maybe you will if you have a family, but um, like the impact of it is, is vastly different um, in my life now. And just like recognizing like the importance of it um, has been just really huge. I think Easter also was like so pivotal for me when I was like, like, really wanting to like commit my life to Christ because I was you know I'm always like well why why is Christianity better than other religions or mm-hmm. no religion like we've got to explore everything mm-hmm. and like it's such a differentiator like between Christianity and other religions that like you know other religions like you like people like reach up to their god but like in ours like god reached down to us mm-hmm. and like sent his son and then like he died and then was resurrected like it's so it's so different. Um, no, no other religion like has that where they like were the sacrifice and everything. So, um, that, that's also just so special and means more again each year. Like it's just amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Good word y'all. All right. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Carolina, thank you for coming on the podcast. Kyle, thank you for having me. I so enjoy talking to you all the time. And thank you, Daniel, for being here as well. I'm so glad (laughs) we got the chat. Thank you two for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dan, do we have any uh, events coming up uh, in the next coming weeks? Um, Technically, if you want to sign, if you want to get a dodgeball team, and you want to sign up for uh, the dodgeball tournament? That is a youth event, but um, you know we had a young adults team in it last year. All of the money and like um, entry fee stuff goes to like help. I think it's like scholarships for kids that might not can afford like the junior high, senior high um, retreats that they go on. Um, and if you're a, a man, 
and you want to play in the men's golf scramble on April 21st, you just need to sign up for that pretty quick. Mm. So, Otherwise, Kyle, you played much golf? I have played mini golf many times, and I have uh, gone to a driving range once or twice. Yeah, I was invited. <laughs> I was invited to play golf with my dad and my sister's boyfriend uh, when we were in Florida recently, and like, hey, do you want to go? And I was like, I, I mean, yeah, it'd be fun, but I've never been. Like, if it, I don't want to be burdened, they're like, well, it's gonna be the weekend, and people are gonna be wanting to move in and out quickly. It's gonna yeah. be a lot of people, so I was like, I best not to. Yeah, definitely not best to um, play golf. On yeah, the weekend. <laughs> like my my dad has done a tournament in the past where he. Uh, would uh, end up just like spending a day with a bunch of random people. Yep. And it's like, all right, you're... For me, I'm like, I'm going to be slowing all, everybody down. Oh, yeah. We used to drive the golf carts around and help set up for that, which was fun. Uh, so if anyone needs someone to drive a golf cart around, okay. let me know. <laughs> Carolina, ever played golf? I went to a driving range twice because the guy who was teaching me was cute. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds like a boy. <laughs> <laughs> I did also want to learn, um, but I just wanted to learn how to like hit it. I didn't actually want to yeah. play golf. Yeah. So I, I accomplished both things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I look I look forward to this every year. It's the only time I play golf <laughs> throughout the year, pretty much. Um, in my mid twenties, I played golf probably two or three times a week. Wow. Um, loved it. I was okay. Um, was never great, but I miss being able to play. But it's the most expensive hobby that you can have. Yeah. The reason so why I initially went, like, I went the first time because um, everyone, like, it, my professors at school would say, like, if you're in business, like, you need to know how to how to play golf because, like, stuff happens on the golf course. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. How many times have you been to a golf course? I haven't. I will say a lot of people exactly. do play golf. But, like, I, I was, I eventually just thought this is stupid. Like, no. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think that is a 30 to 50 year uh-huh. old yeah. kind of yeah, thought Yeah, they're not going to invite me also. Like, let's be real. <laughs> I think you probably, you probably can get some business done if you take out two or three dudes and yeah. play golf and you have some beers and you have, you know, lunch or whatever. And you, I feel like there's other activities that like yeah. you could also do that would get the same thing done. Yeah. Maybe have dinner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Revolutionary. Yeah. Mini golf. <laughs> mini Absolutely. Golf. I'm going to the mini golf. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. It is eleven uh, seventeen, and I need to go home. Great. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening again. You can catch us uh, here on Tuesdays. Uh, yeah. Have a great night. Good night. Peace out. Bye. Bye. Bye.